Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG and thank you for the support. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. We are live here at Mio's in Clifton. If we can have a quick round of applause for the owners, Kelly and Rich, for making this happen. Big round of applause. Also, if we could have a round of applause for, and make sure, Last podcast, we need to do a little bit of a louder cheer for our support staff, the ones that produced the podcast, Colin Cruzy and Stu Holt. Stu Holt, give him some love. That's better. Now, we are here live before every home game, two hours before tip-off. The podcast always goes for an hour. So far, we've had Keith Greger, Deontay Bond, Zach Tobler, Corey Blunt, Art Long, Donald Little, Yancey Gates, Andre Tate. Tony Bobbitt, and A.D. Jackson. You can check out the Bearcat Basketball Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and you can also check out the video on YouTube. Now, we only have four home games left. Uh, the next time we will be here live will be February 15th for the Memphis game that got moved. So we'll be here five to six, and we'll announce who that guest will be very soon. This next segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. You won't lose any credit or have to start over. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in our next guest. He played for the Bearcats from 2003 to 2006. And in my opinion, he is the greatest dunker in UC basketball history, and he flew in from Texas, would like to welcome back my guy, number 21, James Flight White. What's up, guys? What's going on? What's going on? Thanks for having me, Meech. Now, now, Flight, tell everyone where you flew in from. I came from Houston, Texas. Okay, and that's ironically <laughs> who, we're, who we're playing. Right, right. Did you time that out that way, that we were... Kind of, just happened. a little, little bit. How's the weather back? It's actually cold. It's colder in Houston right now than it is here. But you, but you don't have any snow no, and no ice. Snow, no. Not there. Dallas is some snow though. Okay. Yeah. Be be careful out there walking. It, it uh, just yeah. just just jump jump to the arena. Um, so tell everyone what you're up to these days, and also tell everyone about your family and how they're doing. Um, family's doing great. Uh, my oldest son is here right now, James. I actually. He was born my, my junior year when I was going to UC. I'm 17 years old now, so that tells you how old I am. Um, my youngest son's doing well, starting AAU, playing AAU ball. How old is he? He's eight. Eight? Yeah, so, you know, he's excited. You know, he's excited to see your, your kids play and everything like that. And me, myself, I'm just coaching. Coaching now, be my second year coaching the TBL. A new team, but same thing. And training guys, getting ready for the next step. How'd it go last year with your team coaching? Number one team in the league. Number one team in the league. What league is it? TBL. TBL. Yeah. Explain to everybody what TBL is. Uh, the TBL is a league. It's like 
probably a little lower than the G League. Um, 48 teams. It's actually a team this year in Cincinnati this year. Uh, it's coming to Cincinnati. And um, it's like a developmental league kind of for guys who didn't make it to the NBA, don't have jobs overseas, but pretty much help them get to the next level. Uh, out of my 12 guys, 10, 10 of them guys got jobs this year wow. playing overseas. The one guy playing in the G League broke the record for uh, the G League for the most threes. Who's that? Uh, Jordan Allen. Okay. Plays for the Westchester team. So, okay, New York? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, my guys are doing good, and, I mean, and the league's doing its job, especially my team. How do you enjoy coaching? Because going from a player, not, not every great player makes a great coach or wants to make that transition. I think every, every player says they want to coach, but it's a, it's a different thing to actually, like, really have it in you to want to teach guys and uh, show guys the stuff that you've learned over the years. And, uh, you know, I think it's a special gift. It's got to be, like, really in you to, to really want to coach and to really do it, put your effort into it. Just like you play basketball and put your effort into playing, you got to do the same thing in coaching. And that must, for the guys that you're coaching, that must mean a lot to them. Hopefully they're absorbing the knowledge that you're passing to them because – McDonald's All-American, played at the high Division I level, played in the league, played overseas. You come with a lot of knowledge and expertise. I hope they're absorbing that. Yeah, I think they are. You know, a lot of guys, it's t another thing that's tough for a lot of guys that played is they always want to, they want their guys to be like them. You know what I'm saying? So they look kind of hard on them. But, you know, I've been in so many different situations and been in the situations that they've been in trying to make it, you know, being out of the league and trying to get back in the league or trying to get jobs overseas. So I know what they've been through, been in the G League, been yep. in the D League. I've been everywhere. So I'm able to put myself in their position and talk to them like they would like to be talked to, teach them in the way they can understand, and it's easy. So what's the ultimate goal, coaching-wise? I mean, my ultimate goal is to, to come back to college. I mean, uh, I've had, I'm going to have some opportunities this summer to, to coach in the league and be a player development guy. I'll have some opportunities this summer, but uh, my ultimate goal at the end of the day is be a head coach in college. Okay, and, and I want to talk about that at the end of the podcast because you had some conversations with Wes Miller, mm -hmm. and I do want to talk about that as we get towards the end. But let's, James, let's kind of go through your history for, for those that, that know about your story, some that don't. I want to take it back to high school. Uh, growing up in the uh, Maryland area. Why don't you talk about your journey through high school? Because you had an interesting journey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I started out at a school called Blue Ridge, uh, my ninth grade year. Uh, a smaller school. It was, like a, it was like a boarding school. It was a boarding school. I uh, went there. And then I went to the same school as Damar Johnson, a school called uh, Newport. It's like a, like a basketball school. Went there for two years. Then my senior year, I went to Hargrave Military Academy. Uh, that's a that's a big time program. Yeah, man, it's a big time program, and it's a it's a big time transition. But it was like a sacrifice for me to uh, try to get to the next level. Me and my dad was like, man, I was like six seven one forty, <laughs> so it was like a transition to play against guys that were stronger than me to get ready for college. And um, I mean, it worked out great. Um, I was able to be a McDonald's All American, like you said, and you know, committed early to Florida. So. I don't get to talk to a lot of guys that were McDonald's All-Americans. And, and I think back then, being a McDonald's All-American was a little bit more special maybe than it is today. I believe uh, so. How was that for you when you found out that you made that team a McDonald's All-American? I mean, I was, I was excited, man, because uh, everything, like I tell the guys, the younger guys, you got to make goals. Like, you got to put your goals out there. You got you to write them down. 
and really just try to knock them down one by one. Absolutely. So I was always trying to be the best guy in my grade when I was a kid, the best guy in the city, the best guy in the state, the best guy. You know, I kept trying to knock these things down. And one of my goals was to be a McDonald's All-American. And, uh, man, it was, it was amazing. But the big thing for me was I'm a McDonald's All-American. Now people are going to get to see me in a dunk contest. Right. right. <laughs> that was my right. big thing. Let's let's talk about that. The McDonald's All-American Dunk Competition. Yeah. Obviously, you're known as a as a great dunker, uh, but you didn't win the dunk competition. I did. I did. You I lost to what what then turned out to be a teammate. Well, we we already knew we was teammates at that time. Actually, it was me, David Lee, Kwame Brown. That was our that was our class. We was the number one recruiting class in the country, and then Kwame went to the NBA. So yeah. we lost that. But that was the three recruits at Florida. So, I mean, I went into it, uh, that was one I really wanted to win. You know what I'm saying? It was my first time getting on that stage. And, I mean, I should have won. Everybody, everybody who's ever seen it. Oh, you should have won. Knows I should have won, but it's all good. I got him, you, back. I got him back at Midnight Madness. Okay, good. And we're talking about uh, David Lee, who also was a McDonald's All-American, committed to Florida. Now, in that dunk competition, let me, you wore a red headband, mm -hmm. right? And you also became very popular for your dance moves <laughs> after. And I think even Rich came up to you and talked to you about that. Is, is that something, you know, even back to high school, you always had that, that flair and that style after your dunks? Because there's some guys like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi would dunk it, and he won't change facial expressions. Man. But you always gave us a little extra. Man, I was always, like, in my game. Like, even when... Like when the N one mixtape stuff was out, like, oh man, that really that stuff like really fit me because I always was I was just like an animated guy. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? When I went to Florida, and one of the reasons I left Florida, people don't understand. People ask me all the time. Somebody asked me over there, "Why'd you leave Florida?" That's one of the reasons I left because I wasn't I couldn't be that guy anymore. So like, I lost a lot of. The, if I would have came straight here, y'all would have seen a lot more. Yeah. Crazy stuff because I was just the type of dude I was. I was just doing. Crazy stuff. I was like Lance, kind of. I was kind of like Lance, but a little bit even more make, than Lance. Make him dance, Lance. Yeah. So, okay, pause that because I want to come back to that. But before we get to that, the recruiting process, at what point did you commit to Florida? Was that before the McDonald's All-American game? Yeah, I was, was I, I committed early. Me and my dad, like, it was just me and my dad. I lived with my dad, and my dad worked at nights. He worked in the postal office for 35 years. He worked nights. And um, we was just so tired of the recruiting process like we wanted to get rid of it early so I actually committed to North Carolina probably my sophomore going into my junior year when okay. Guthridge was still there I did not know this yes I committed to North Carolina I took a uh, uh, unofficial visit to North Carolina I committed to North Carolina but then Guthridge left and I, I decommitted so I decommitted from North Carolina and my last three schools was Florida Maryland and North Carolina but Maryland, they had something with my AU coach, uh, Kurt, and I actually went into a meeting with them, man. And one of the coaches is like, "Are you gonna, are you gonna uh, commit to us or not? Let us know now, cause we can just get another player." Like, like the that. Maryland coaches told man, you my this. My dad, my dad wow. was like, me and my yeah. dad was looking at each other like, "That's a walk out the room." I don't know what the heck. I don't yeah. know what he's talking about. <laughs> so Florida, so they, Florida was the move. They, they had an issue with Curtis. Yeah, I mean, if you notice, none of the DC Assault guys, none of the guys from my AAU team, we got all these great players. You got Keith Bogans. You it? got you got Jamar. You got all these guys. My AAU team is is ranked. They have a ranking of the greatest AAU teams and to ever have a team. We're top five team ever. Yeah, for sure. And none of them guys went to Maryland. So like that should let you know. 
there was a there was an issue with it with, with, our, with our AAU team, so that's what it was. And I, I saw you post a picture from the DC assault team. That was you that posted that, yep, right? Yeah, yep. And, and Slim was in there, Dermar. Yep. yep. That's that's it. Did he even did he play a lot on that team? Did he was, what? Did he play a lot on the team? Or was I, that? I didn't no, play at all. You didn't play at all. That <laughs> DJ, was you that didn't DJ, play at all. DJ was the man. D, okay, so DJ, you didn't play much. Yeah, that was my like going into my sophomore year of high school. He was like, he how was, good was the damn team if you didn't play a lot? Let me tell you who else didn't play. A guy <laughs> named David Hawkins, who's a 15-year pro, one of the greatest players to play overseas, went to Temple, one of the greatest players to play overseas. He didn't play. Bernard Robertson, another NBA guy who played at uh, Michigan, Jesus. he didn't play. All three of us didn't play on that team. And a lot of those guys that's in that picture, you probably don't know. Like, you wouldn't know unless you was there. But, like, a couple of those guys never, like, really made it but were, like, legit animals. Yeah. Like, animals. Like, yeah. we had, like, a lot. We had, like, three or four top 50 guys. But then we had Keith Bogus, the DJ. So, Brian Chase. Went to Virginia to play in the league. We had dudes, man. We had, we had a yeah, squad. For sure. So so I want to now jump back to Florida. Mm -hmm. So you commit to Florida, uh, Billy Donovan. Mm -hmm. I think on that, that your freshman year, that team had, what was it, four guys that ended up in the league? You mm -hmm. had Lee, uh, Orion, right? Lee, Orion, Green, Udonis Haslam, Matt Bonner. Yep. Uh, not to mention Justin Hamilton, who had played over in Belgium for 15 years. Uh, we had a squad, man. We had a good squad. And Anthony Grant. Anthony Grant was assistant. That's right. Coach Pelfrey, Pelfrey. was assistant. Uh, Donnie Jones. All three of those guys are head coaches at other places. So, And uh, one of our one of our, um, our managers is at the coach at UMass now. Really? Yeah. So we had a, we had a, we had a crazy squad, man. Like that team was talent wise. That team was probably better than any team I had at UC. Yeah. Talent talent wise. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you brought something up that I want to dive into, and that is kind of you being you. And you lost a little bit of that at Florida. But I think I always tell people what made Bob Huggins great was he let players be them. He didn't try to put you in. Like, Phil Williams would come out in braids, big afro. Eric Hicks would, you know, crazy. You got the, you know red shoes and all, all the stuff that lets you be you. And I, I think that's one of the great things about Bob Huggins. Let me, let me tell you a story about Florida that you, I, I don't know if you, I told you the story. Um, and you're a shoe guy, so you'll I'm appreciate this. Big shoe guy. First game ever at Florida is at Madison Square Garden. Coaches versus cancer. Okay. We're playing Arizona. Nope. Yeah, we're playing Arizona. Okay. I had the Hyperflights on, yep. the Nike Hyperflights. They were, they were these shiny shoes. You know our uniforms is blue. I had orange Hyperflights. They matched perfect with the uniform. Yep. I had the blue blue uniforms, orange Hyperflights. I think I had an orange headband. First game. That night, Dickie V, all he talked about the whole game was my shoes. Uh -huh. He was circling them. Look at them ugly shoes. Look at them, baby. Like a whole game. I came back to Florida. Billy D said, can never wear them shoes again. Can never wear them shoes again. He said it, it brought too much attention to me and not the team. Mm. So that's like an example of absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I get it. And and to, and to Billy's credit, and I always tell people this, he's building a culture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Same thing at Villanova. Same thing at Duke. He was building a culture, and I understand it now. But at the time, it's like, dude, you know what I'm saying? And and also to his credit, eventually he did let guys be themselves because. There's no way Joe Kim Noah could have been 
Joe Kim Noah <laughs> at Florida, bro. Right. No way Joe Kim Noah can be Joe Kim Noah no, at Florida. No question. If Billy is the same guy. I mean, he showed up in a dress the first day. Well, Joe the Kim Noah day. is me times 10. So there's no way yeah. he can show up and Billy doesn't let him be him. So he learned. And we had so many guys transfer out of Florida. Yep. He learned, and then he won national championships. So. Uh, some some serious talent transfer out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No question. So you end up a, a Bearcat. Uh, you have to sit out yes. your first year mm -hmm. uh, because of the transfer. Talk to everybody what that was like to sit out. And, and the reason I ask you this is because I remember talking to Sean Kilpatrick, mm -hmm. and he, had, he redshirted one year, and he talked about how difficult it was to sit and watch but at the same token, he felt that mentally he was learning the game from a different position in a different seat, and he could see things. So when he did get back on the court, he felt he was better mentally, but it did drive him crazy sitting there knowing he could help the team. Yeah, I mean, Sean, Sean's a hooper, man. He's one of those dudes that's a hooper. He yeah. just want to hoop. So I understand that completely, but it was a double-edged sword for me. Um, I definitely was frustrated looking and having a – I got to practice and – play with the guys but I couldn't travel but man I it was a, a culture shock for in a good way coming here in a totally different style of basketball culture shock from what standpoint like it's like suit and tie Florida yeah to coming in with just street clothes and it was just a different way of doing things you know and um which fit more to your style man, it fit me perfectly uh and Florida was a more offensive minded team come here it's the exact opposite you know <laughs> Complete what I'm saying? Opposite. so I had to get ready for all those things but the best thing about it is I got to be a regular student yeah I got to be a regular guy around campus man and I, that really helped me going forward because I mean I built I had I was the only guy on the team probably that had friends outside the basketball team like I had everybody knew everybody around campus I was cool with everybody and I got to do that because some people didn't even know I played basketball Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, when on I first, campus? When I first came, nobody knew I played basketball because I came in like January. Uh -huh. I came in the middle of the year, so I was like the new guy. So nobody knew I played basketball, so I was just making friends. I was just cool with people just because I was just being cool with people. Then, you know, as the, you know, people started learning, I'm, I'm still 6'7". So. I was going to say, <laughs> you you walking around campus, people have to go, okay, he does something other than study, right? Right, right, right. And you know what's crazy? I just thought about this. I think you would have been an even bigger star here if there was social media back yeah, then. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're active on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do a lot of you know good stuff. Post, have conversations. You're a, you like to engage with people. Yeah. I think. Don't you agree with that? If you had social media back that's, then. That's for sure, man. It been like it was like it'd been like Zion Williamson almost. Yeah. Especially coming out yeah. of high school. Coming out of high school, like people film everything. So, like, a lot of stuff that I did in high school, people people never seen. Like, they, they never actually got to see the crazy stuff I did because he wasn't, he wasn't filming stuff like that. So right. It would have been, been that kind of effect, I think. We're live here at Mio's in Clifton with one of our Bearcat legends, James Flight White. Now, I do want to talk about uh, your, your first season. Let's kind of transition into that. And I'll never forget this. I remember being at Midnight Madness, mm -hmm. and you know, growing up as a kid here in Cincinnati, I would come over and, and watch Midnight Madness, and I would just, I mean, that made me one of the many things that made me want to be a Bearcat. But then once I played, and I'm around guys like Melvin, uh, Kenyon Martin, 
you know, Pete, Michael. I'm around a lot of great guys. I see a lot of unbelievable plays in practice, in the games. I think I've seen it all. Mm -hmm. But I will never forget being at Midnight Madness and a bunch of the former players were sitting courtside. And when you took off and jumped from that free throw line, I looked at the person next to me and I said, I have never seen anything like that in my life in person. It, it was like, holy shit. And I, and I had been around, I mean, Mel, Ken, I seen some, some crazy stuff. Um, that was truly amazing. So what, what I want to segue with that is how excited were you? I mean, you came in with a lot of hype. I mean, a, what you did on the court at Midnight Madness, the expectations for you were extremely high. What were your thoughts going into your first year? Man, I was so excited just to play again, you know, just to get an opportunity to come back and play. Because it may, coming out as a McDonald's All-American, first of all, I could have went, I didn't have to go to college. I came out, I had two offers to come straight to the, go straight to the league. You know, that's everybody's dream. So yeah. that was still my goal. And to have a setback, like having a transfer, didn't feel like I was successful. Uh, a lot of people was, you know, you know kind of down on you. So, like, my first game coming into the season, man, I, I bust out in tears coming out of the first game. I was, Did you really? Yeah, man, just coming out in that lineup, man. Seeing my dad in the crowd, it was crazy. Like, the emotions came over me. But I was just so excited just to be able to play again. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I wasn't worried about any expectations. I knew I had, I had time to uh, get adjusted and put my brand, of, my brand of basketball onto UC. So, I was excited to play. Did you start right away? I think my first game I didn't start. I, I want to say I did, but I don't think my first game. I, I didn't. I did not. After that game, I started probably the rest of my career. Though you ended up starting when Armin got hurt. Maybe that's when you. I don't know because I, went, I, don't, I don't think Armin started. That's when I looked up. Maybe that was your your Maybe. first year. You 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 started. That was your first time jumping into the starting lineup. Um, now talk to everybody about some of the guys you played with your first year. Uh, my first year, we had, man, we had uh, Nick Williams, Tony Bobbitt, Phil Williams, um, Jason Maxill, Eric Hicks, Big Jabber, uh, Rod, Jab Rod Jab Flowers. Jabber was a trip. Jabber was uh, the heart and soul, really, man. Yeah. The guy that unsung hero, really. I think Rob was on, Rob Willie was on that team, right? The first year, was Rob on there on the Flowers? second year? No, Rob Whaley. Oh, Rob Whaley. Was he the second, second year? Second year, okay. Second year. Yeah, yes. we had those guys, uh, Jamal Lucas, Meeker. We had, we had, we had a squad, man. My first year was the best. That was the best team I played on. The first year was the, the, the first, our best team. Best team. Now, um, and I've talked to you about this before, but coming in to playing for the Bearcats, I mean, you, you, you wore headband quite a bit. Mm -hmm. That was kind of your thing. But, man, you were inconsistent when you got to the Bearcats with your headband. What was up with that? Was it a superstitious thing? I don't, I don't remember, man. I just sometimes I wear a headband, and, and you know what's crazy? I wasn't getting haircuts a lot back then. <laughs> like I was just not getting haircuts. So, like I didn't, like a haircut wasn't my thing. I was just more focused on ball. I wasn't getting haircuts, so it wasn't like I, I had my waves going or nothing. I yeah. just some some games I, maybe I couldn't find it. I don't know. <laughs> some games I wear headbands, same way I wouldn't. I got I don't you. Know. So um, your first year. Um, I want to talk about you guys lost to Xavier at the Centos Center. Yeah, that was crazy. The game. First year, sixty-nine to seventy-one. That was a crazy game. What? 
the Crosstown Shootout. I love to talk to former players about the Crosstown Shootout and the intensity behind that game. So here's your first year playing for the Bearcats, you know, coming from the Maryland area, go to Florida, and you come here. Did you really understood what that rivalry was like and how, was, how intense was it when you actually played? I didn't understand it, but they made me understand it. You know. <laughs> hugs, hugs make you understand it fast, man. Yeah. Hugs make you understand it. That, that, that week is just an intense week, man. Like, it, I mean, every week was intense, bro. But, like, having a bubble on a damn thing for a whole week, that, that's, a, that's a different level of intensity. Yeah. But, uh, man, that was a great game. I remember that game was, was crazy. Both, both of the games there I played in was crazy, I believe. Uh, I, just know, I, I just know we lost. Uh, it's one of them games that was just like a classic game. Yeah, I think yeah, the two Centos games were were close games yeah. of, uh, in your career. Yeah. Now your your first year, you guys finished twenty five and seven. You lose to Illinois in the tournament. Um, after your first year, did you play? Did you do track and field? Was that? I think that I didn't think. I don't think I ran track that? until my junior year. I think I ran track my junior year. So talk talk about that. I mean, I don't know that any. Bearcat basketball players ever done that. So when I was at Florida, so I ran track in high school. The high school I went to didn't have a track team. So I just ran track by myself. So I would go to track meets and just run by myself. I was really fast and I, you know, whoa, of course whoa, whoa, I could whoa. Just, You'd go to a track meet and just show up yeah, and run? So, so my coach, this guy named Coach Bates, he was a track coach, he was a track guy. Me and another guy who didn't have a, he didn't have a track team. Me and him would go, we were friends. We would go to the track meets by ourselves. We'd go to different track meets all around the area, and uh, I just go and win them. Two hundred. I, I didn't run a lot. I ran the two hundred, uh, and I did all the jumping events. I just win, 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 win the states. <laughs> That's it. That's so when crazy. I went to Florida, when I went to Florida on the off season, I was like, man, I wanna, I wanna run track. Yeah. So I asked the track coach, you know, and that's an elite track. I mean, SEC, Florida elite Absolutely. track team. So he said I could. So I started going. I would do my basketball stuff, then I would go over. And I start training. I did a, a little bit of training. I would do. All I did was the high jump then, which is probably my the worst, my worst event. I would think that was your best event. It's the worst because it takes more form. I didn't have any form on my high jump. I would just jump over the bar mm. at an AU tournament. Yeah. And I was talking to him a little bit about about that game, and he was even saying that they were really worried going into that game. Because what, what these are words from Rondo was how tough you guys were defensively and your guys' ability to rebound. Yeah. That worried them. I mean, and it's crazy that they said that because they, we probably worried about the same thing. Yeah. They had some NBA, about five, six NBA dudes on they the team. Did. They were big. I mean, they had a good team. But, I mean, they just made the right plays at the end. They made yep. all the plays at the end. But uh, I remember Starks, he was going off in the first half. And I was guarding as a bookie. Then I guarded starts in the second half to ask Buki go off. It was like, man, they just got too many guys, but they, they I mean, that was a great game. They had, they had a lot of guys. Listen, man, I, I, coaching is nothing but, I mean, first of all, you, one of the biggest things in coaching is you have to be able to relate to players. You have to be able to, the human side of coaching. Yeah, communicate. Thing. But the X's and O's and the things you learn is, is nothing but what you've learned from other people that's passed down that you absorb. Yep. If you, I've never played pro for the same team. Two years. I never played two years for the same team. Wow. I played for 15 years. I played for 15 different coaches. Wow. That's 15 different philosophies. Wow. 15 different things I learned. And when I look at it like that, all the high schools I went to, 
And every time I went to a different hospital, it was for like it wasn't like I had the trip. It was because I wanted to improve. Uh, the colleges I went to, I feel like I would. This is it was meant for my life to go like that. Yeah. This is what I'm meant to do. Yep. And every time I see a situation when I'm coaching, it always just clicks that fast for me. Yeah. It's so easy for me to make adjustments because I've seen everything before. Yeah. I've been in those rooms when I've seen. Oh, that's what you do in that situation. It just clicks. It's not a. It's not even a thinking thing. It just happens. You played for a lot of folks. Yeah. So, 21, 21 coaches? Just listen to the player, the people I've. 15 plus. Billy Donovan, Pelfrey, Coach Grant, Florida, Donnie Nelson, AK, uh, Hugs, here. Um, first year out of the league, I got drafted by the Pacers, so I was with Rick Carlisle. Okay. Uh, Went to the Spurs. Yep. But Budenhouse is there. Budenhouse is there. Uh, Brown's there. Uh, the guy that's coaching at uh, Charlotte Hornets. He was there. Oh, um, I, I can never say. I can't name. even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I leave there. I go to uh, Turkey, play for Fenerbahce, uh, one of the best teams in Europe. Coach Tomovic is the guy who coached me. He's one of the biggest. He's the head of. If you know anything about Europe, the Serbian coaches are like the. The leaders okay. of the coaching thing. He's the leader of the leaders. That was my coaching survey and they're over there, Benabachi. I go back to uh, where did I go after that? Um, I forgot what I went. I think it was G League. Went to the Rockets. Uh, Rick Adelman. Okay. Uh, Mike Woodson. Yep. And then all the other overseas guys you probably don't know, but I've been coached by some of the best. Coaches. Crazy, crazy. You have you have a wealth of knowledge. I'm going to jump back into your senior year. And if, if things were wild at the start of the year, they were even more wild at the end of the year. And I was like just – it was like I was just so focused on making it to the league. And I was having a good year. So I wanted to keep it – so everything I was doing was lifting weights and working on my game and playing yeah. basketball. And it, and it came to haunt me at the end. But, yeah, I got my degree now. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is presented by the Healthcare Management Group and sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. I do want to talk about uh, you participated in the college uh, dunk competition. Uh, you were wearing the uh, red jersey in the, in the Jordan 21s. So they, so they gave me the red jersey with no shorts. So they didn't give me the shorts. So I had to, I had to practice I had the red practice shorts on. Wait a minute. Why didn't they give you the shorts? I don't know. I didn't Who was in charge? Was that... I don't know. We got to talk to them. But that... I had the red practice shorts on with the jersey. Did you ever get the shorts? Nah. I had the shorts on, though. Just the practice shorts. Man. I look good, though. You couldn't you tell. Good. You look good. <laughs> so a guy from Kevin Durant's group reached out to me, and he wanted to do an interview. To t I, I talked to you about this, about the Jordan brand time. And he mentioned, like, several iconic pictures. Now, this guy's from... Not even from Cincinnati. As a matter of fact, he lives in Texas. Okay. He's interviewing me. So he says, man, when I think of the Bearcats, man, I think of the following, like, iconic pictures. And one of them was you doing that dunk. AK in the home, uni home uniform with the red 21s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and there were people in Cincinnati, I know for a fact, that, were, that went running to the store to get the Jordan 21s because you wore them and you made them like but here's the thing i talked to guys some guys 
in the moment, you're just hooping. You're wearing stuff. You don't realize it's going to end up an iconic picture. Right. I mean, I never, I never realized stuff like that was going to happen. But I always was focused on my shoes. <laughs> Me <laughs> like too. I always was like, I got to wear some. Like, we get them team shoes. Yeah. And I'll just be like, nah, nah, I nah. might give them to my dad or yeah. give them to somebody. <laughs> like, I'm not wearing those. Like, there was a time when I was at Florida, Richard Hamilton was my guy. When I was in high school, Richard Hamilton yeah. was my guy. He was, he was a Jordan, playing, he was a Jordan yeah, guy. Yeah, so he was yeah. playing with the Wizards. Yeah. When he was with the Wizards, I was with the when I was with Florida. It was the same kind of color scheme. I used to have all the Jordans. Oh, man. So I was always, like, into that. Where's he from? He's from, like, PA. Okay. He's from PA. But I, I was cool with him. I met him uh, through somebody. Then we just became cool. He was, like, a big bro to me. Like, so he just looked out for me. I used to have all the shoes. Even at Florida, I had all the shoes. I couldn't wear them, remember? I couldn't yeah, wear yeah, them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you got to UC. UC, I, I, had to, I, still had to, I still had to connect. So I wouldn't wear the team stuff. I would wear all the, all the real stuff. You know, you know what's you know what's crazy like you Kenyon uh, Mel we talk about iconic pictures the gentleman that's sitting right here when uh, when I came in he's got you as his screensaver mm -hmm. on his phone now did you say you didn't you've never even seen that picture I don't think so I don't think hey, I seen that would you would you hold that picture up again you've never seen that picture nah but I think that's from I remember that I remember where that's probably my junior year. The junior year? Yeah, that's my junior year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, that that's 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 Hicks in the back? Yeah, yeah that's probably yeah, his that's crazy ass in the year, back. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that, that that's crazy how and I think it's cool how, you know, that stuff lives on. And, and when we were talking about doing this podcast, I gotta tell you the story. When we were talking about the initial plan to bring former players back and have you know, a podcast before home games, you were one of the guys that, and Rich, I don't know where Rich is right now, brought up like, we got to have James right. back. And that, that just is awesome that, you know, you played back, your last season was, you know, 2006 or whatever, and fast forward to 2022, and you still are very, very important to the Bearcat culture. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you don't realize at the time, you know, you don't. how you affecting people's lives. You're just you, hooping. You're just playing. You're just living in college, you know, because you I, I, my favorite dunks that nobody's ever seen before. There's, there's mythological, like the Loch Ness Monster. Man, or no? come on, man. Okay. Give us the top three that we've <laughs> seen, please. Uh, top three. I got to go one. Uh, Are you going one? No, or I'm just three, no, no order. No okay, order. all right, all right, all right. The Taekwon, the Taekwon Dean dunk against Louisville. Okay. Are you are you including in game and this is dunk? It, this okay, is, all together. Okay, got it. Are we going Bearcat or just period? Period, period. Man, he 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 loves the. Uh, I got I got to go. Uh, damn. Connecticut. No, now, I, I got to go. The first time I did uh, overseas in uh, Milan, and Italy, I did a in a dunk contest. I did a dunk where I jumped from the elbow. That switched hands. That to me is your number one dunk. And that's one of my favorites. That that to favorite. me, that's the craziest dunk yeah, I've ever. That's my favorite. Yeah. Um, in Toronto, I was at Carabana. Jerome Williams, child Jerome Williams, he invited me up there just be in a dunk contest. He was playing for Toronto uh, Raptors at the time. I was in this dunk contest, and uh, so many NBA players. Vince was there. All these dudes was there, so I had to show out. It was the first time I ever tried, even attempted the between the legs from the free throw line. 
So that was. I mean, you hadn't tried it. I never prior tried to? it. Not practiced. Never nothing. tried it. What so, made so all the dunks I've ever done? I never. I never practiced dunks. So everything I ever did, I just did it at in that moment. So that was the first time I even tried it and did it. Also, the first time I did a two-hand windmill. So those was that's number two, and I'm man. I, my, my last one's the Taekwondo one, man. Okay. At Louisville, I was just describe that one for everybody that, that doesn't oh, remember. Man, I got the rebound, pushing it down. Plus, we playing Louisville, so it's a big game. Yeah. Pushing it down, sure. down. Nobody picked me up. Right down the middle, right on somebody. That was that was one of my favorite ones. Gotcha. Now, when was the first time you dunked the ball in a game? Going to my freshman year in high school. Freshman year. Go, I think. I think even no. going. <laughs> I say it's the same. I <laughs> even going to my going to my freshman year or going to my sophomore. I think it was going to my freshman Wait a minute. year. Wait, did you just say did you say the you same? Say the same. Same for you? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, going to my freshman year. I had one that that you know that you know how I never used to do that thing where you used to go like this. Yeah, yeah. Dunk on the side. I had one of those. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then at, at what point did you try the jump from the free throw line dunk just to try it? It was my sophomore year. I was at Newport and they was like betting if I could actually grab the rim from the free throw line. So then I was like, I did it. And it was so easy. I was like, man, I probably I could dunk. This. And at that time, I, like in real life, I don't really run from all the way back. That's just a like a show thing. Yeah. So I just tried it, did it. Then I was just, from there, I was just trying, just trying shit. You know, I would just try <laughs> shit. Like, oh man, like, let me yeah. try this. And that, that's how it happened. I've done a 360 from the free throw line. Wait, 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 wait. But no one's ever seen this, right? People have seen it. You no, haven't no. seen it. No, I haven't. I mean, like, <laughs> like the fuck. So you jumped from the free throw line. Let me, you, let me tell you some astonishing tales of James White. I've done, I've done, a, I've done a 360. I've caught an alley hoop from the free throw line. Uh, I've touched the rim from the top of the key. This is fast. That's, that's happened. Uh, wow. And that, that was, like, that was my ultimate. Like, when I was in my rookie year, like, my dunk... My dunk lineup was going to be free throw line. Like, this is when, when I was younger. Okay. It was going to be free throw line, between the legs, free throw line. Well, free throw line, windmill, between the legs, free throw line, top of the key. That was going to be my lineup. Wow. Wow. Never got it, though. And, and I, and I got to tell you, Cincinnati was so hyped when you were in the NBA dunk competition. I wasn't. You weren't? I mean, I was hyped, but it, when I actually got to it, it was more to it than it was like, it wasn't kind of like not what I expected. What, why do you say that? It was just more, it was more like a show than yeah. it was like I was used to. It was more like a, like it wasn't about the Duncan, it was about everything else. All the other little extracurricular so you, yeah, stuff. And at they the would, time I was like 30, so I was like, I ain't just going out there just jumping. Yeah. I got to warm up. I got to <laughs> warm up stretch. and shit now, like stretch. It wasn't none of that. Like, so it was like a, it's a young person's thing. Like. That's why no old dudes get in it. Right, like, right. It's really a young person's thing. So I didn't get to do all that kind of stuff. And then it was just like, hey, you're on. Sit, stand right here. You're on. Go. Yep. Like, damn, I didn't get to, I didn't get to warm up or nothing. Just go. go. Out there. All right, just, just go out there. Like, but it was cool, though, because that was fun. now you've, I mean, you've been in every dunk competition. All the listen, major ones. Listen, my whole goal in life at a point, at one point, was just to be in the dunk contest. My whole goal in life was just to be in the, <laughs> in the NBA. That was my whole goal. Yeah, it, it was. That was a big deal. Man, that was my goal. I still say, and I'm the biggest Michael Jordan fan you ever find. I still say, Vince Carter's dunk competition to me was still the greatest, hands down. You agree? Vince Carter's the goat. 
Absolutely. And his dunk, people, you look at the dunks now and they look kind of simple, a little bit simple now. Yeah. But at the time, he, that shit was crazy. Like, see, I remember watching that on TV in high school. Like, we were going crazy. That, that was, like, the stuff he was doing was unheard of yep. at the time. Now, yep. of course, everybody's doing it. But at the time, that was like, oh, my, what the hell? Like, it was crazy. And when, then the anticipation of him even, it was just a whole thing. When he put the, the, the whole arm in the rim, like, when he did it, we were watching it, and everyone goes, like, we didn't know that's what he did. And it was like, that was a normal dunk. And then my buddy was like, no, 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 no. Wait for the replay. And then we saw We were like, whoa. Like, He's no crazy. one had I was ever the only, done that. I was the only one that I wasn't hyped because I, I've been in so many dunk concerts. I've seen people do crazy stuff. I actually seen a dude do that with the ball in his hand, do it, and then, then let the ball go and then take the ball out. Oh, wow. It was crazy. Wow. So I saw that before he did the actual thing. Now, now I got to tell you, I mentioned this when we started. I, I've caught flack about this, and you and I have talked about this. Even the great Dan Horde, one of the great broadcasters in Cincinnati. Shout out Dan Horde. Shout out Dan Horde, or one of our goats. He gave me shit about this. I have been on record. I've tweeted it out. So if I tweeted it out, it's official, right? <laughs> I have said that you are the greatest dunker in Bearcat history. And the flack that I've gotten is Melvin Levitt is the greatest dunker. But my argument to that is I think Melvin's had some of the greatest in-game dunks. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to pure dunking, you are the greatest dunker in Bearcat history. I mean, I would say that. I mean, like you, like you said, though, Mel did have probably have better in-game dunks. Yeah. I would have better – I would have more dunk-ons if people wouldn't just run away all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to get dunked They can on. move out so the way. So they're moving out the way. I mean, I have – and I'm a one-leg dunk – I'm a one-leg jumper. So it's harder to get in-game dunks. All my stuff – I have to have most yeah. two steps to get kind of get it off. But as far as just dunking, yeah, I think male probably – I haven't seen all the male games. But some of his highlights are like in-game. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's crazy. Well, the, the Duke game – to win the game, yeah, the dunk, crazy. that exists in, like, you know. The, 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 pull, the helicopter pull, the, the, the well, putback, that's probably the most iconic dunk in UC history. But, but let, me, let me tell you the story behind that dunk. I'm on the team. I'm on the bench. And I believe Dewan Baker, Dewan Baker shoots it. And we could see Mel running. And Mel jumps. And Bobby Brandon jumps up, too. And if you watch the replay of it, I'm on the bench going, uh-oh. Because if Mel gets ahead of steam. Can't stop it. <laughs> it's, and nobody's, it's a wrap. And even Bobby jumped, and Mel catches it, and just like, boom. The, 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 the hanging on the rim the, is what really did it. When he's, and, and the nickname being the helicopter, and then he swings. That's, that's by far the best, that's the most iconic you see dunk by far. No question. By far, yeah. No, no question about it. We are here live at Mio's with Bearcat great James White. Um, I do want to talk about a little bit your experience um, in the NBA and what that was like. Um, obviously, growing up, your dream was to play in the NBA. Uh, how tough is it? Could you explain to people, like, how tough it is to play in a league? I mean, you come out of here, one of the top players in the country, great athlete and it's still a tough transition for a player like you honestly i wasn't even a top guy coming out when i see a year i wasn't on the top 60 board hmm. to get drafted 
But it's um, I put the work in. I was able to get drafted 31st. It's more. It's harder to stay in the league than to get in the league. It's harder to stay in the league than to play like, in the league. I like that. I, so I, it's that makes it's, sense. The game is easy. If you get the opportunity, uh, the game is easy. It's really simple. I swear, everybody in the NBA can play. If you're given an opportunity where they let you really rock out and play, you get those situations, it's not hard. But it's just a matter of how do you be professional enough to do the work every day like it's a job. And some guys never understand that part of it. That this shit is a job. It's your job now. Yeah. You have to treat it as such. You have to put the hours in. You have to do the stuff off the court as well, which is part of your job. And you have to do the right things. And that's all part of it. A lot of uh, a lot of politics. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's politics, but it has to be politics when it's hundreds and thousands of people trying to get in that same yeah, job every year. Yep. What separates you? It has to be something that separates each person. So it has to be something like who's a good guy and who's a bad guy? Who's doing the right things at night who's not? If it's two guys and one guy might fuck up the money and the other guy's <laughs> not, you're going to pick up the guy right. who's not going to fuck up the money. I mean, it's that simple. But – it is some things. You just got to get through it, man. It's all about work, man. At the yep. end of the day, it's about yep. work. Yep. Uh, I, I do. I want to come back, and I want to talk about Wes Miller and his basketball team. I know you're headed to the game today. We want to talk about that. But before we get to that, this guy right here just reminded me. I want to talk about the Super Bowl coming up. <laughs> uh, I want to know. Now, James, you're not from here. Uh, but who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? And uh, – this lady right here said. Let me say. Let me, let me say this. Let me say you, this. Tell me who you're a fan of first. I'm a, I'm a Cowboy fan. He's a hey, Cowboys hey, fan. Down, calm down, calm down. So listen, <laughs> listen, listen. So this guy back here is my son. He's 17. He was born here. He lives in Dayton. Big big Bengals fan. So I gotta hear his foolishness all the time. I've been I've been able to brag. I've been able to brag for years about. 31 years. Yeah, I've been able to brag. <laughs> but now y'all got the Super I can't say anything. So if you guys win the Super Bowl, I, I, I come on. I can't. I'm going to hear so much shit. I cannot take it. I'll be happy. I'll be happy for y'all. But I'll be mad about him. I don't know. I'm in, I'm in them torn. I don't know if I want to be happy for y'all or just make sure he's not happy. I don't know which one I want. That's what I, you know. All right. I love you guys, but... Now, now, James, you're, you're about to witness something that's never happened during this podcast. I'm about to get booed. Okay. I have to tell everybody, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a Rams fan, and I've been a Rams fan. <laughs> okay, I was prepared for that. I've been a Rams fan since 2016, and they went uh, back to L.A. But I, I got, <laughs> you say I'm fired? But, but let me say this. Okay, before I get booed and I'll get all the who days, let me say this. My father, who's 88 years old, is the biggest Bengals fan you will find. He had, let me, let me, let me, let me get my whole, let me get the whole song out, okay? Listen, my dad was a Bengals fan back in 1962. He went to Bengals games when they played at Nippert Stadium, and Stoffel was the, co was the uh, quarterback. He went to the Freezer Bowl, where the coldest game stayed all four quarters. He said he drank a <laughs> hey, lot of bourbon hey, listen, that listen, game. Listen, man, ain't nobody trying to hear that to distract from the fact that you're a Rams fan. <laughs> you're trying to use your dad. 
You try to use your dad as a distraction. I, I am. But let, me, <laughs> but let me just say this. I'm a Rams fan, but I'd be happy for my father if the Bengals won just because he suffered for 31 years, and I love to see him happy. So if the Bengals beat the Rams, I'm cool with that. So, all right, can I get a little bit of love? I know you booed me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Man, you, why are you you're supposed, no, to, have no, my, no, you're no, supposed no. to have my back? No, no, no. You deserve Let, a booing. You deserve a booing for that. <laughs> all right, so I want to talk about Wes Miller. You have had a chance to uh, talk with Wes Miller, and I, I just want to be honest with everybody here. During the hiring process for Wes Miller's assistant coaches, um, Wes actually reached out to me, and he asked me um, of the former players that had applied to be an assistant coach with Wes he asked me my thoughts on them, and uh, James being one of those guys that applied, um, I told him I think he'd be a great addition either now or in the future. Uh, and you know that. We've had this. Uh, but I want you to talk to them about, um, you know, you have a passion. Of, you'd love to come back and work with the University of Cincinnati. Man, that would be, be a dream. That would be a dream come true to be, to be able to come here and help out and Take the, take the program back to prominence. I mean, I think it's on its way now. Yeah. Uh, I think Wes is doing a great job, man. Like I, like I said, man, the hardest thing to do is build a culture. And, uh, man, you just being around the team, you can see how he operates. He's all about culture. Coming from North Carolina, yep. he's really a guy who's trying to build a culture. And he, I think he's doing a good job. It's just a matter of time of him getting the guys in that fit his culture. Man, he, he's on his way, man. For sure. And you went to, you and I were at a practice uh, earlier. I think it was homecoming weekend. Yeah, was that yeah. right? Uh, what were your thoughts when you watched practice? Man, that's, that's what I see. I just see a culture being built. Uh, just the organization of it, the way he commands everything, just everything. I mean, you've been around hugs. You, you've yep. seen how practices are. You know how practice is supposed to go. It's, to me, as a coach, that's the hardest thing, one of the hardest things to do. Organizing practice and having a plan building a culture, and uh, having a command of the team where everybody's focused on you and understanding what's, what needs to be done. He yep. does a great job of that. And, uh, I mean, like I said, man, he's just doing a, he's just doing a hell of a job, I think, and, and I agree. the future's bright, bright. Now, we have, a, we have a tough game today against Houston. Um, and you coming to Fifth Third Arena to watch the game, what are you looking to see from the Bearcats today? Like, as a former player, being a part of building this culture here, what are you looking forward to watching today? So my thing is, Houston is probably the, one of the hardest playing teams in the country. Yeah. Like, flat out. They, yep. They really remind me of you, old Bearcat teams. They, that's where he said he stole the blueprint from. Man, it's the same. It's the same. The way they rebound, I yep. think they get opposite every time. Yep. Like, that, it's the same shit. And I just want to see them match their intensity. I don't care if they win. I don't Because if they can match their intensity and they – because it, it's – it's a different breed of guys these days. Yep, man. it is. You know, it's hard to find guys that are like we were yep. back in the day. So to have guys like that, see that you matching their intensity and they're playing hard as they're playing, that's all I really want to see. Now I want to do a quick thing, our final thing we're going to do. We're going to do quick questions, quick answers before we get out of here. Um, my first question is your most memorable game as a Bearcat. My last one, well, not my last one, my second to last one, uh, at uh, Master Square Garden against Syracuse. Even though we lost, buzzer beater, McNamara, that's probably my best game I had. I had my career high and stuff like that, so probably that game. Gotcha. Um, favorite 
Jordan sneaker of all time? It's a question for me. This Hold is, on. Now, talk, the play-in or just the wear? Uh, to play-in. Let's go with the play-in. The 21s? Jordan 21s. 21s. Okay. Yep. Jordan Good answer. Now, one of my favorite ah, questions. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What? Uh, Jordan 10s. The play-in. Jordan 10s. Jordan 10s? 10 21s. Okay. 10 21s. I, I love by The steel 10s are some of the most overrated Jordans of all time. Now, one of my favorite questions that I started asking former players, and I started with Yancey Gates with this question. My question for you, the question's called, would you rather be MJ or MJ? So follow me. Would you rather be Michael Jordan in the height of his popularity? Now listen, he's still very popular, but the it's top, top, close. all around the this world, even, everybody knew Michael Jordan, or would you rather be Michael Jackson no, why are you? at his height Come when on, grown men were passing out at the concerts no, not even when he close. would go hee hee and they would just, they would fall. It, it made Nobody no sense. Was, you know how, you know Dude, how. He couldn't go Mike, anywhere in the world. Everybody knew Michael Jackson. Everybody. Everybody don't know Michael Jordan. I got a lot of, at Michael Jordan. Okay, Bro, so. I've lived everywhere in the world. People call me Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived everywhere in the world. The hell? You walk around in <laughs> well, you Iran did. or uh, Italy, you're like, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. No, I'm not like, they know damn well like Michael Jordan. But it's not even close. I'd rather minute, be Michael minute. Jordan. What accent was that? <laughs> Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. That's my Italian okay. accent. All right, I got you. <laughs> but the South, because they talk with their hands. Got you. So I'd rather be uh, Michael Jordan. Because Michael. Michael Jackson, you can't do anything. You couldn't live a real life. Michael Jordan could live a real life, but Michael Jackson really couldn't live a real life. Yeah, he 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 had like. Wait, hold on, am I, am I am I myself? But I'm Michael. Hold on, wait. Do I have like Michael Jackson's body and stuff? Like. Oh, you the, you got the whole package. Bro. No, I don't. You I got, definitely, I'm definitely got, Michael Jordan. You got to be and like. I'm definitely Michael Jordan. The, so I got the frail the, Michael Jackson body. You got the, with the, the bleach nose. the bleach skin with right, the man, Jerry Michael curl that caught on, on fire. Michael Jackson didn't have the a whole, nose. The whole. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our Bearcat greats in the house, Deontay Vaughn. Give it up. Hey, good dude right there, man. He came in. Uh, he came in when I was leaving. When I was leaving, he was coming in. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Great dude. Yep. Good, yep. Dude. good dude. Part of the. Uh, the hey, he played in the TBL last year. Did he? Yep. He played in the TBL. He played I for didn't the. Know that? Yep. Played in the TBL last year. Yep. We we interviewed him. I think he was the second person we interviewed here um, at the podcast. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, last question, and we're going to leave on this. My, my favorite question. During your Bearcat time, mm -hmm. if you could pick one teammate. No, I saw you ask Tony this. That doesn't matter where you go in the world. Oh, you're teammate. going to battle with one teammate you're taking with you, <laughs> and you say, me and whoever against the world, who's that one teammate? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Suleiman. No, uh, <laughs> I'm not even. No one heard that, and I'm not even gonna repeat man, that. That's one. a tough one because it's different factors. So I, it depends on what we're doing. See, this is the coaching you coming out. You're analyzing no, no, it's, and see, breaking shit It's really shit about down. what we're doing. If we're gonna fight somebody, it does. It doesn't matter. It's a battle buddy. I, I like. I like. What if right we're there. going to? What are we going to? Doesn't matter. To paint or going something to, like. What are we doing? Some regular stuff. Ping pong. Like, what are we going to get girls? It Listen, if we were going to get girls, I'm going with Armin. Me and Armin going. What? You trying to say? See, 
My, he's, the, everybody, the, he's got the too easy, many scenarios. No, the easy one is to say E. Hicks. That's easy. That's the easy one. I don't want to say Eric Hicks. I, I thought that's who you. No, I thought not, you were going to say Max. And, now, and that's the next one. Okay. That's the next easy one. Okay. Ooh. Can I pick a guy that. Ooh. Who? Who? Come on. I was going to say Teron Barker. Teron Barker. He's tough, dude. Teron. Lenny. Jabber. Jabber. <laughs> uh, or, uh, or Max. I mean, Ehix is an easy, easy one, but I don't yeah. know. Ehix might, we might go somewhere in a fight or something, and Ehix might hit me. I don't know. <laughs> that would not surprise me. Ehix crazy. <laughs> Bearcat fans. Not all the time. Bearcat fans, if you could give a big round of applause for one of our Bearcat greats, James Flake. White. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for having me. And thank him for coming in from Texas to be here. Come back and support the Bearcats. Um, he's going to make his, his way around if you want to take some pictures with him. Now, every former player that comes in here has to sign that wall of fame over there. So we got to get you to sign the wall of fame. So I appreciate you coming on, my brother. Thank you. You're a great man. Yes, sir. And I want to thank everybody for another packed house. This might be the most people we've ever had at the podcast. I want to thank everybody for coming out and listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats! Bearcats.